All right. Welcome to another episode of Autodesk's Digital Builder Podcast. I am your host, Eric Thomas. Today, I am sitting down with Ron McGuire, Program Administrator from the International Training Institute, and Ken Schneider, Training Specialist from the United Association. And we are live at Autodesk University. It is day three. The expo just opened up, and I can feel the excitement in the room. How are you guys feeling today? Yeah, I'm feeling great. This is Ken Schneider. Uh, great to be here, Eric. One of the best shows out there. Let's just face it, right? Let's just be real about this whole thing. I appreciate that. I, uh, I'm going to have to keep that clip and send that one to my boss when we're done. And uh, if she sees me slip you the $20 bill, please don't say anything, all right? Uh, it was only 20 oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can tell. The most okay show in the digital uh, construction realm. How's that sound? Perfect. <laughs> How are you doing, Rod? I'm doing great. Thanks, Eric. Uh, this is a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invite. And uh, uh, another great uh, Autodesk University. So uh, really uh, excited for this uh, this episode. Yeah, it's great to be back in person again. You know, it's been three years and everything is just really getting started. Well, not true. We are at day three, so everything's kind of coming to a wrap. But everybody's still excited. There's partners everywhere. We're really energetic about what's going on today. So I've got a handful of questions for you. And first and foremost, I was hoping each of you could tell me a little bit about your organizations and the role that they play in the construction industry. Can Could you kick us off? Sure. Uh, so... Our role in the construction industry is huge. So anything having to do with pipe, that's United Association's work. Uh, we make sure that we get our members trained, both for the physical install and the digital install. It's so important. Excellent. And Ron, where, uh, where do you guys sit in the uh, construction ecosystem? Well, um, the International Training Institute is the uh, training arm of the SMART organization. So sheet metal, air, rail, and transportation union. and. The, the digital uh, environment and the BIM VDC environment is hugely, hugely critical these days. And uh, we, we train our members to be able to go in and, and do these coordinations, whether it's with Revit, AutoCAD, et cetera. So it's, it's, a, it's a vital part of the construction project. And I'm hearing more and more contractors, especially talking about training in a really different way than we might have heard in years past. And the technology has changed both in the hardware and the software side. So I'm really excited to hear a bit more about what each of your teams are doing. But before we get going, could you share a little bit more about the importance of including a technical education for both of your organizations and what key skills each of you are really trying to develop with those people? So uh, what we've been doing at the UA is really pushing for uh, all types of job site technology as well as the design factor. So one of the things that, that I've been pushing for over the last, uh, I'm going to say six years, is really to get our members comfortable with Revit. Some a little more than others, right? At least if they see it, they've uh, witnessed it, experienced it, it helps our contractors do a better job. We also have a lot of uh, individuals who've done even more than that. They've taken a path through the digital world and they've actually created and, and companies for VDC. So it's been pretty awesome to be part of this. Super awesome to see some of their success. It's, it's great looking back. I mean, I've, I've been touching the construction industry for about a decade now. And when I, when I you know, stepped foot coming out of college, nothing was digitized it was all still big blueprints and like here's your not great pdf and from there 
it's just changed so much. We have purpose-built tools. We have things that are made for what people are trying to do instead of trying to slide technology that doesn't really fit and shove it into a new box to meet our workflows. Ron, how about you? How's, uh, how's that all shaping up at your organization? It's, it's really taken hold. Um, you think about, like you, like you said, Eric, the, the days of plans on projects, you know, big rolls of plans on projects, that they're, they're gone for the most part, yeah. you know, so what we do with our apprentices is, you know, all of our apprentices for the last four years, they're, they're getting iPads. So everything is digital. All our curriculum's digital. Uh, they, they, we just redid our pl- uh, reading plans and specifications curriculum, and that's all 100% digital. All the plans are going to view through uh, Autodesk Construction Cloud and uh, the specifications, submittals, etc. So technology is not going away. We, we either have to adapt and, and teach the next generation or we, we fall behind, really. And in the, the digital first approach that you're talking about right now, I'm really encouraged to hear because when you set people up from the start with that, they carry that to the projects that they're going to. They carry that to their employers. And I think there's an expectation by many of the younger people coming in that if you don't have these things, you're not necessarily going to be an interesting employer to them when they're looking at the full ecosystem where you see only paper-based or somebody who's got you know drone technology and iPads and everything's digitized. If somebody's a tech-savvy person or interested in becoming one, it's very easy to see the lean that they're going to take in that direction. And I'm curious, you, you work with all these big organizations, of course, when you're placing all this talent. Is there more demand? What is the expectation for, for the apprentices that you're training at this point now? Do they require those skills or is it still kind of a nice to have? I'm going to say nowadays they require it. Uh, but let's face it, the kids, they've grown up with iPhones and iPads. So swiping left, right, they're, they're used to that. That's nothing new for them. So really, I think the, the burden is on us to make sure, as you mentioned earlier, that we have the curriculum that excites them. Uh, motivates them and, and moves things forward. So, um, no, it's it's really exciting times right now uh, to deal with apprentices, to get apprentices in, to attract apprentices. And oh. yeah, and I, just to add to that, I mean, I think you know, Ken and I, I think we can probably I can probably say this. You know, we look at technology and what it's done to the to the art industry, the construction industry, and it's 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 really evolved and. You know, you look at whether it's robotic total stations, uh, 3D laser scanners, you know, all that technology. The construction schedules of projects these days have gotten a lot less. You know, I've been in the trade for 30 plus years. And I think when, you know, when I started, it was lo- schedules were really, really long. It's now crazy. They, yeah, it was design, it, bid, build only. Like it, that it, was like just the approach, you know, it's it, very different. Yeah, exactly. But we're still doing the same amount of work in less time. And if we don't, you know, you think about younger generation, if, if we don't show them these tools, I mean, that, that, that brings them to us, you know, these, these, these technologies and, you know, because we're not drawing things on paper anymore. You know, if you can show them whether it's using an iPad, whether it's using, you know, a number of different technologies that are on the project, that's, that's gonna generate interest. And- I think Ever probably tires a little bit about talking about the labor challenges and labor shortages, but especially in construction, it's so important that we, we have to talk about it. You can't not talk about that elephant in the room because in five or 10 years, the problem was only going to worsen. And so with that said, at least that's my opinion, <laughs> um, 
how is how's technology fit into that part of the conversation? Is it helping improve the challenges we're having with labor? Or how does the relationship there help possibly solve some of those challenges? So I want to say the UA is really looking at the idea that if we can get more people trained on the software, they already know the trade, right? They know the skill set. So if we can get them trained uh, to do the digital drawing, we're actually going to save labor hours, which obviously releases a little of the pressure of the labor shortage. But we have to get our people in those seats. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, um, the technology is, is obviously going to help the labor shortage or the, the process of the, of the job. So we have to, like Ken said, we have to train our people that are, you know, have the knowledge because not everybody can do these, you know, use these technology advances that are out there, whether it's, you know, an iPad's one thing, but to use a robotic total station or a 3D laser scanner and, you know, do all that processing, it, it, you, you got to have knowledge. So I think it's, it's extremely critical that, you know, we as, you know, the, our, my organization, the ITI or the organization I work for, and, you know, I believe Ken and the UA is in the same boat. You know, we have to train these individuals and we have to provide them this training to uh, be successful and help our contractors be successful. Bottom line is, you know, our contractors are going to continue to, you know, bid these bid these projects. We have to make sure we're, we're, we're we have the workforce that's capable of doing the doing the projects. Absolutely, and that's one scary thing that I've I've seen kind of in the ether of construction right now is there's there's a lot of work and sometimes the, the contractors want to bid on it but they don't have the bandwidth simply because they don't have enough people to actually staff the number of projects they're chasing and it's it's an interesting dance that you have to do at that point too because you want to preserve your relationship with the owners especially if they're a owner that you work with regularly and turning down work doesn't feel good but if you don't have that staffing to fill those gaps you also set a, ba a bad expectation with your owner if you come in and then you miss your schedules or have to change a bunch of conditions to you know meet the challenges the industry is facing right now. Although I think with the last three years, a lot of owners feel a little more flexible when they're talking about the challenges because they're very much aware of it. But sometimes you're contractually obligated. And if you're contractually obligated and the owner points at that and says you're going to do the thing, uh, there's, there's a lot of room to get in a little bit of trouble, unfortunately. It's, a, it's an interesting moment. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the idea that sometimes our contractors say, you know what, I have too much on the books and I just can't stretch any farther. I don't know, if not only labor, right, because there's a material shortage too. Uh, so that's the whole supply chain issue is, is real, right? So if they can't get the materials, if they can't get the labor, they're just not going after some of that work. And then that is a challenge for us too. It's, it's a tough thing to balance, and I've seen a lot of really innovative and interesting things happening in the last few years regarding materials as far as selecting different things or really increasing the visibility into the supply chain so we can be more active about the choices we're making as early as possible. But sometimes if something's not available, it's just not available. And, you know, you fill the gap as best you can, but it's a, it's a challenging moment right now in construction and there's a lot of uncertainty out there. But I think the technology that we're talking about right now is most certainly one of those tools that we can leverage where if we're able to be more efficient and we're able to increase productivity with the resources we have, 
even though that issue is still, you know, in the back of everybody's head and we're all thinking about it, I feel like the, the tech-empowered contractors and the talent that is filling this, in, this industry is in a much better position to fill those gaps than we might have been even three, four, five years ago, especially since we marched forward in digitization uh, recently in a way that we'd never seen in any history in construction. So, I'll just say, for me, it's, it's been strange for us to even have a change in attitude. Uh, you know, I'll say years ago for us to say, hey, we're trying to use technology to save labor hours, uh, that would just be taboo in our industry. Uh, but now it's, it's recognized that we have to do this in order to make sure that we do meet the demand out there. Yeah, the, the perception of technology is coming in to take my job or have a, a scary element to it. I'm, I think that myth is starting to, to go by the wayside and I'm very thankful for it because augmentation is, is really the, the focus now. And when we're so resource constrained, it's very easy to qualify to your team. You go, you're not being eliminated. We're helping you in some way. And I had a really great uh, conversation with somebody from Skanska yesterday about robotics and the, the niche that fills. And I think it's going to increase in, in, in the coming years. And it's a really exciting moment. And it's going to help people stay safe and healthy and also hopefully fill some of these gaps that we're seeing and struggling with right now. I'm, I'm interested, how are you stepping into the industry right now in attracting more people to come into the industry? So. I've heard others call it kind of a perception problem sometimes. What are, what are your organizations doing to, to bring new skills into, uh, into construction and new talent that you might not expect or find in other places? Well, you know, from, from ITS standpoint, you really look at the technology that's out there. And, and like I said, the younger generation, these are things that interest them. You know, Ken, Ken, Ken I referred to as, you know, they were born with iPhones, iPads, you look at that technology that's out there, and you know the, whether it's playing a video game, you know running a running a robot on a on a job site, using um, Revit, AutoCAD. You know you guys, you guys were talking about change, and change is change is inevitable, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's hard. It's yeah, it's it's hard to manage, especially when you're so resource constrained to address the change change head on. Anyway, it's a tough situation. Yeah, and you know I'm as guilty as anybody. You know I, I'm I've got a big AutoCAD background, and when Revit came around, it's like, wow, well, I don't need to learn Revit. You know, but I was wrong when I when I looked at what Revit can do versus AutoCAD. It's night and day, and and you look at that technology and that BIM, you know, modeling. That's exciting. You know, AutoCAD wasn't doing that for us, so. These are tools, whether it's you know software, you know hardware. That's that that's technology that excites the younger generation. You know, college isn't for everybody, so when we're looking at you know the the, the future of the industries of the construction industry, we we've got to put these tools and and you know show them this is what you do. It's not about just going out on the job site and you know hanging ductwork and doing the same thing over and over. It's all these opportunities that are out there with these technologies. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with Ron. Uh, we're doing the same thing. And one of the things that we have been doing is creating a curriculum with AR, VR, uh, because that excites them as well, right? If we can put them in the VR world in their gaming mode, uh, I think that's a win for everybody. And that's also what excites, you know, and, and gets them to want to be involved with the UA or the ITI uh, sheet metal workers. So uh, I think it's, um, it's what we have to do. Uh, we have to adapt to them. You know, generally, I mean, back in our generation, we would we we had to adapt 
to the old ways, right? Well, now we have to adapt to the new ways. So how come we're the adapters and nobody else is? <laughs> Go figure, right? <laughs> I think the, the change has been so abrupt, though, that it's it's just kind of turned some people upside down. And not in a necessarily bad way, but just you have to set those expectations. And I think bringing your existing talent along for that journey in a really communicative way is super important. And I think that leads into my next question that I have for you. If you were speaking to a new contractor today, how would you advise them to address either attracting new talent, but also more importantly, retaining that new talent that they bring in? Because training people, of course, is a very expensive endeavor in finding new talent. So what advice would each of you offer them to, uh, to kind of hit that head on? You know, that, 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 it's a great question. Uh, recruitment and retention is, a, is, is extremely and very critical in our, in our industry. So, you know, I, I think a lot of what goes on with that is just the awareness. The awareness of what we, has, we have as a union organization, whether it's, a, you know, a very good wage, uh, health care, benefits, pensions. You know, I, I think that's the attractive part. And, you know, I, I, come, fr I come from Minnesota. And, you know, if you go into Sorry the... Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm nearby. I grew up in rural Michigan, so it's all yeah, good. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you know, somebody that's going through their apprenticeship program, they finish it in four years there, you know, you, you can get out of there making roughly about a hundred grand a year. I mean, if you're staying busy full time, that's a, that's a good, that's a good living. Oh, for sure. And I don't think a lot of people know that, which is, is frustrating sometimes because there was a window where everybody was told you must go to college to do anything after that era. And as you had alluded to a minute ago, that is most certainly not true. And you could make more money in the trades not going to college than some people who might have. So it's all about picking the path that feels right for you and also making sure that we you know, educate everybody to know that there are opportunities and they don't all tie back to a four-year bachelor degree. Yeah, I think that's twofold. One of the things you just mentioned about making sure they know there's other paths available, right? And, and one of them is to educate the educators who are teaching them now and, and let them know, hey, this is another possibility. It's not like, uh, well, I, you know, you don't make it for college, so you need to go into construction. That's not true whatsoever. Not at all. In fact, uh, you know, I'll speak for UA, and I, I think you guys are the same, that we get college credits. Mm -hmm. We give college credits to the apprentices. So they're going to college. The difference is they're earning while they're learning. And, and that's a huge thing. The other thing I think we have to do, uh, show to, to attract new people, is that we have multiple paths. You, you don't just have to figure out, hey, I'm going to be hanging pipe for the rest of my life. There's so many paths now, so much available to them. I think that's key. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting moment to, to figure out where you might fit into construction as well. And I, I kind of stumbled in it, to be honest. I, I got out of college at the tail end of the recession where there were just no jobs to be had. And so somebody who had 40 years experience was willing to work for what I would have been willing to work. It was a interesting uh, <laughs> few months as you kind of navigate that. And I ended up getting a role as a proposal writer for a big federal contractor, knowing nothing about construction, but they knew I knew how to write and they knew that I understood technical things. And as I got into it, I was like, this is really cool. And I had no idea. And it just evolved as you watch the technology come in and the software that supports the industry. And now we're at this moment right now, and it's just, it's so exciting to see so much purpose-built tech that's brought to the industry and then we get to have really cool conversations like the one they're having right now. It's, it's a lot of fun. No, no, without a doubt. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about some of our apprentices and some of our journeymen. Uh, our journeymen, right, they're having to adapt to the technology. So I said, how come we're the only ones? But it's not. It's, it's the older generation who now 
has to adapt. So where we used to say, hey, you're an apprentice, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Not anymore, right? Hey, come over here, kid, show me how to do this. And, and, was, and that's critical too. I was told something yesterday that was really encouraging to hear where uh, one of my uh, colleagues had been told by a contractor that their path is to bring newer apprentices and tradespeople and new people out of college and pair them and partner them with somebody who's been industry for 20 or 30 or 40 years. And the relationship that those two people get to build, apparently it's been incredibly impactful for both those two individuals and then for the business as well, because the person that's new to the industry but has some of the tech chops is able to help the person who might not have those chops. And at the same time, they're sharing the incredible wealth of knowledge that they have on how to build. And there is so much nuance in construction to have that information sharing and that relationship building in a really safe space to just do it is really cool. And then the other aspect that I think is super important is as more people start to retire from this industry, we have to chase and chase and chase the knowledge retention so we can hold on to that through organizations. Otherwise, we're going to have a, an interesting moment in you know 10 years when we go, okay, how, how do we do this thing? And you know, John retired, retired six months ago, and he had done that 40 times, and now we're like, all right, well, where do we start? You know, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree more. I think uh, mentoring is hugely critical these days because of that knowledge and the, the, the average age of a construction you know, worker is, is up there. Yeah. So if they can share that knowledge and, and uh, you know, with the, you know, that next generation, it's, it's only gonna do dividends down the road and you've gotta convince them. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not too far away. I, mean, I got 10, 12 years left and I think Ken's probably in the same boat, maybe less, but you think about all that knowledge that we have, we have to share that with them so they can continue and, and move this thing forward. And I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, um, Ryan threw me off a little bit because I think he just called me old. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I thought you were my age, and so I was surprised by that comment. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll power through and then you can, uh, you know, maybe get him to give you 20 bucks at the end of this conversation. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I'm so excited about events like Autodesk University too because it all really ties together everything that we're talking about right now where it's information sharing where it's awareness of new technology or processes that we might not have been familiar with and it's also one of the coolest things about construction is there's openness to sharing that knowledge that transparency is so important between industries of course you're not going to give up your your competitive edge but the the learnings are so important for the entire world and most everybody I've ever met is very honest and open and willing to share what they've learned because it, it's just it better society. It's it's a cool space to be. But oh. yeah, I'm going to say this conference is great for that networking piece, right? So we get to talk to you know not only vendors, uh, but we also see our own members here. And when we see our own members here, we have those hard conversations of what's next and and what could we do better right now to make the industry better. Yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. And so I've got one final question for both of you guys, and then I'll let you uh, get back to your busy schedules today. What are the most interesting trends that you're seeing right now in construction? Or wh what are you the most excited about right now as you, you know, step onto a project site or talk to somebody who's just getting into the industry? Um, oh, go, ahead. Go, go ahead, Ken. I, I was going to say AR, you know, and, and how AR is evolving so quickly across the industry. Uh, and then trying to stay up on that and what's the latest, what's the greatest. And if we go out to the vendors, Every one of them is the greatest and they're the latest and, and they're the best thing in the show, right? 
there's some cool tech going on. And in the augmented part of uh, augmented reality, I steal that word all the time because it applies to so many aspects of construction technology that's so important, but it's really cool to see that. And I think also that tech opens up a bit more ability to do remote work in a way that we haven't been able to do previously. And obviously if you are you know, doing pipe fitting or hanging ducts or something, you have to be on the job site. But if you can reduce the amount of people on site, the safety aspects are important, but also you open opportunities up to people that might not live in a big urban area that has a lot of construction, especially if somebody's supporting the data side of things or the technology piece. So it's, it's an important aspect of, uh, of the industry. How about you, Ron? What, what are you most excited about right now? I really think uh, something that excites myself and I think our, our you know, sheet metal trade is, is robotics. Robotics is, is really growing. I mean, you look at um, the HP, what HP's doing with SitePrint. You also have Dusty Robotics out there. I mean, that, that's, I don't ever like to use the word you know, easier um, because easier, nothing's easier. All right, it always it takes it takes skills to be able to do do the work. It's going to make us more efficient. And I and I look at what you know whether you look at one of those two devices or you look like what Boston Boston Dynamics is doing with with uh, you know Spot and and the other the other robotic you know I, I, the looks like a human right. Um, and I, I think that's where's that going to lead us five to ten years down the road? You know probably be not. Now, not before I was retired. I think it's going to have an impact on us, and it's going to do, you know, it's going to do some of the things, those, those maybe uh, um, daily tasks, so to speak, or you know, those uh, generic ones or something like that. So I, I think robotics is going to definitely. Uh, it does have a have a bearing and an impact on uh, our shops. You know, whether it's sheet metal shop or or a, uh, a pipe fitter shop. Or, uh, it's definitely uh, something that's out there, and I think it's going to eventually make its way to the job site as well. Yeah, and I'm going to say that uh, robotics is a good thing to bring up, and I, I'm going to say there's a lot of things going on on the robotics side that's actually going to make the job site safer and our members safer, uh, and I think that's huge. Yeah, and it's a quality of life thing, as I learned from uh, somebody yesterday, because now when you can help people in lift assists or take some of the, the strain away from people who are doing difficult and manual uh, tasks, as you were alluding to a minute ago, that's a win for everybody because somebody's going to be able to continue doing that job longer, and then when they do retire, they're going to feel a lot better, too. So, you know, as, as long as we can continue augmenting the, the tasks that people do well and letting them focus on that and taking the things that are time-consuming that, a, you know, some tool or a robot or technology can do at a scale that a human just simply can't do, it's a huge win for the industry at large. I'm, I'm a big fan myself. So, yeah, Couldn't agree more. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on Digital Builder. It's been an absolute pleasure learning a bit about both of your organizations and what you're interested in, your backgrounds are about. And for everybody out there listening today, just make sure you're listening to Digital Builder on wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. We're going to be recording a couple more episodes today. And uh, again, gentlemen, just thank you very much. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate it, Eric. Great to be here. And uh, thank you for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. And uh, exciting. All right, well, have a great day. Thanks, guys.